Welcome to the Design Alchemy podcast, where we look behind the veil of the design industry. I'm Billy. And I'm Dimi, and we will be discussing and deconstructing the great work of visual communication and symbolism, and how they affect our culture. Okay, hello everyone. Welcome to Design Alchemy, I dare say, Season 2. Is is that how we do it? That would be most correct. Uh, w- welcome back, everybody, and thanks for sticking with us. It's been a hot minute, a long time, and things have happened. Uh, we have moved and moved back and changed jobs, at least I have, uh, since we last spoke. Um, where where are you when we when we recorded, Stimi, your, your physical location? So, so last time people saw me, I was in London, and then I moved back to Greece for a few months and now I'm I'm back in the UK, but I live in Liverpool now, which is ah, definitely different. I don't think I'll uh, adopt uh, Scout's accent, but I'll I'll try my best to to keep it um, accent neutral uh, for this podcast. So yeah, we're in gloomy Liverpool right now. Uh, but it's nice, and uh, you've moved back to Sweden. I... Yes, yes. So the I'm hailing from north of the wall now. The, if you get that <laughs> Game of Thrones joke, uh, and you're doing fine, very fine by with the with the uh, accent neutral uh, dialect. By the way, doing very good. Uh, not a not a shred of Liverpoolian. No, that's not how you say it. Uh, Liverpoolian. That's how you say. That, it. That's actually how you say it. Wow. Okay. Um, right. So, yes. Yeah, so I'm, I moved back to Sweden. So I'm from gloomy London. I'm now in gloomy Stockholm. So it's uh, it's all good. It's all good. But uh, yeah, I'm back to the back to the home country. Amazing, amazing. So well, um, we never uh, we never did a proper outro uh, for the first season. So thank you everyone for just uh, staying with us. Uh, I hope. I hope people haven't unsubscribed and uh, the new episode just pops uh, pops out randomly in uh, in everybody's uh, inboxes. That would be very nice. We we need to market this. Uh, yeah, we do. We do. Yeah, and a b- big heartfelt for anyone who's listening. I mean, there, there's no Patreons here. There's no there's no uh, paywalls. There's no nothing. There's just conversation and intellectual thoughts. Uh, so thank you for taking part of that. Yeah, I think I think uh, as we've said it a million times, like I think the important uh, the important thing about this podcast is an opportunity for us to have these conversations, and we just welcome welcome uh, everybody else to listen in on them, essentially, and um, yeah. Yeah, any any contrarian misfits and weirdos that want to join us for this uh, this intellectual uh, roller coaster. It's uh, yeah, happy to have you whoever you are, wherever you're from. So today I wanted to uh, generally uh, well make some more enemies because I don't have enough uh, with a very hot strong topic. opening statement. <laughs> oh well, uh, I this is this is one of the conversations that. Well, essentially, they're a bit highbrow, uh, but on the other hand, like it can it can get a lot of people really aggressive really quickly. Uh, so I wanted to touch this idea of uh, well, postmodernism and how how it has uh, changed our expectations for 
the work that we do, creative work in general, how the market creates uh, narratives that are different uh, from the ones that we design for and that we aim for. And um, uh, I want to to touch this question, which I don't have uh, a concrete answer yet, but uh, I think um, I want to unfold it with you is, does design really matter, or are we are we just a pointless uh, a pointless uh, set of decoration while more powerful forces uh, make and break um, people's success, including the brands we work for or our personal brands and all that? So, yeah, and, uh, yeah, that's a very pregnant uh, question. I, I, I don't have an answer either. I, I have thoughts, and I have. It's probably a yes and no, right? And I mean, yeah, I, I think where where I was going into this, uh, as we had a small kind of um, what do you say, um, upstart or pre pre talk about what we were going to talk about. I've been, I've been uh, again also. Uh, might make a few more enemies here uh, annoyed at uh, what you could call design influencers or design design influencers mm-hmm. um, and uh, anyone who's here for gossip or, or names might be disappointed as I will, pro- will probably um, address the phenomenon rather than the, the individual contributors so to speak um, so so um, yeah that's that's a lot of I mean, has been a lot of uh, has, been, has been on my mind lately a lot, uh, as well as uh, attentionalism, which is kind of a post-capitalist idea, which we might delve into. But uh, but yeah, I mean, sometimes I struggle with this. I mean, it's designed only for what do you say? It's it's a, it's a it's a tick checkbox you have to tick as a as a large corporation. And uh, yeah, w- w- what is it really, and what's the purpose of it all? So that's a, that's a very valid question these days working as a designer. I mean, we're in, we're in very different industries. I mean, both design, I'm, I'm in a very large corporation and you're a, um, a hired gun or whatever you know, you're not, uh, a very I good am. gun. Yeah. Well, okay. So I, th- I think, I think there's a few definitions that we need to make before we start the conversation and let's. Okay. So there is, there is no definite definition for postmodernism. Uh, but I would like to to just give a vague one to to many people to many people listening to us and not, not having been exposed to the term. Uh, so postmodernism is um, a philosophy. It's a philosophical idea um, that has uh, essentially abandoned. Um, uh, the the idea of absolute truth and uh, everything everything uh, in its philosophy is moral and uh, moralistic and relativistic and um, the main driver behind this is that looking for absolute truth or absolute beauty or absolute skill or great design or uh, all the things that we uh, use to share as um, as a framework in humanity um, they're futile to be aiming for like um, this this futility I think is the main driver in postmodernism the, the fact that no matter how hard you try there is there's no way um, there's there's nothing fixed and it's uh it, it's not and um, it's not like science where 
we will never approach absolute truth, but there is uh, it, it is still a point uh, to towards which we're always trying to to become ever closer and closer. Um, it's just uh, movable and fixed and unfixed and. Yeah, it's already very complicated. I hear myself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I it, it, these are big, um, big topics. And I, and, and I mean, uh, you you could I also add that. Uh, couldn't you add that post postmodernism in itself also has? Uh, I mean, critique uh, a fair bit of critique. I mean, in in the sense that, I mean, it 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 kind of um, it 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 or it, it's. I mean, just because you can't be, uh, what do you say? completely objective doesn't mean you shouldn't strive for it or just because you know <laughs> there might not be a single truth doesn't mean that you you should not strive for it i mean in the same with kind of you know uh objectivity within media right i feel like media today are so postmodernist because like you know they're, they're all fighting for their own political camp without even trying to um what do you say the, 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 at least here in sweden the situation is is so that you know that the, the state media is not even trying to hide its its political proclivity so to speak uh, i mean so so you know there's uh there's pros and cons with everything but i mean this goes into this kind of hyper modernity and, and all this all these things right so it's it's a huge topic but uh one thing that would make make it easier for our listeners, especially if they're creative people in general, is um, the fact that um, postmodern well postmodernism and modernism they were um, post World War One responses uh, to the previous art and philosophy movement, which was Romanticism, and Romanticism is really easy to define. So romanticism uh, has two angles, essentially. Um, uh, romanticism uh, aims for beauty, for the beautiful and the sublime. So it's it's either awe and uh, immense inspiration and powerful feelings of uh, great, excellent things and sublimity or a beautiful, tender, uh, and uh, soft and well-made, which is uh, which is beauty. So um, I think uh, I think post World War One uh, modernism just uh, um, swept uh, all over as a as a response to essentially the art galleries and the art, the art uh, establishment of of the era and the war helped like the, the war made everything feel futile and temporary and uh a bit pointless and there was a lot of uh absurdism in in the modernist movement and then after world war ii like postmodernism essentially is just broke uh <laughs> whole fabric of reality as we know it i think uh right now um uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's perhaps an easier uh, an easier way. For yeah, and I mean, if he, if if you would attack romanticism from a postmodernist view, the first kind of you know critique would be that it's preposterous to even suggest that there is such a thing as 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 I mean as beauty. I mean that the you know a postmodernist mm. would say that it's you know in the eye of the beholder and there's no kind of objective beauty standards. Well, someone like myself would probably argue that there are, and we can prove this with science. Um, but uh, but yeah, as as just a a uh, little uh, nugget there. 
Okay, so well, now we've defined now we've defined the um, the general vague idea of uh, of what uh, postmodernism is. How um, well you mentioned a nice word before, uh, so I want to introduce this to uh, to our listeners: is uh, design influences. Uh, let's uh, let's grab the thread from that part. So tell me about yeah, yeah. I, I've been kind of wondering to myself, like, have we have we run out of run out of design heroes and like gotten design influencers instead? So it's like, I mean, I don't want to keep going on about Massimo Vignelio, but like, think of any any of your you know design heroes you had in the past, right? So it's mm-hmm. like people growing up today, and I mean, this makes me sound like a hopeless boomer, you know, but like, you know, as, uh, you know, there is such a thing as design TikTok and definitely design Instagram would, you know, uh, you would know this, the, the endless, you know, cascades of carousels and, 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 mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, soulful, helpful content, um, w- washing up on our shores every day. Um, so that's something I've been kind of thinking about a lot. And I mean, I, as a proponent of free markets and 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 stuff, uh, you know, uh, I I I would put this in contrast to like courses, because like courses is also a huge thing. People are selling courses like crazy online, and mm-hmm. and I I buy courses as well, and I like them because they are transactional in their nature. So like you buy a course for a one-time fee, you get the content, and that's it. You shake hands, and it's over. It's a what I would hmm. say a kind of classic capitalist deal. Like you, you that, that that's it. And hopefully the course is good, then you get your value for money, and everyone's happy. But attentionalism, and this is the word I want to bring in again from the Swedish Marxist Alexander Bard, who I recommend anyone to look into. So attentionalism is much more kind of cynical and un, 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 kind of unscrupulous, since it doesn't have a fixed time span. It kind of just goes on and on. They produce content, and you consume it. it kind of uh, and, and Bard coined this as the kind of the new class divide today. It's not between a bourgeoisie or aristocracy. It's between mm. content producers and content consumers. And, okay. and I think that's that's huge. And that's just made me... I, I, another small example of this, I'll just take a, a local example. Uh, the, uh, the, the biggest political podcast in Sweden uh, someone did a calculation. I subscribe to that one also, by the way, it's very, very fine content and all, and, but they have around 7,500 to 8,000 patrons who pay around four euros, uh, for four episodes every month. Mm-hmm. And someone ran the calculations and they, it, it, uh, the, the revenue from Patreon, they don't do any ads or anything, any sponsorships or anything. It's about 22,000, uh, pounds a month. That would be around 26,000 euros for four episodes. Uh, that's yeah yeah and i mean that's also you know uh, based on the calculation that all the patrons are in the lowest tier as well which we don't know mm-hmm. so it's you know and then you know so that's very fine content and very good but on the other hand you have kind of tiktok teenage millionaires at the same time so this is all very confusing and it's a very strange time to be to be alive mm-hmm. uh but 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 so just to kind of re- re- refrain here and and, and or, or what is rephrase here and let you come in as well it's kind of like the, the post-capitalism is, is is kind of, and what led up to design influences is the concept of attentionalism, which is kind of a post-capitalist concept since algorithms killed traditional marketing and we're moving towards this attentionalist society uh, where it's kind of all about how, you know, the, the attention is the currency is kind of one of the premises of that. So do you, does this spark anything in your mind? Well, it does. It does. First of all, first of all, um, well, a few things actually. So, 
the one thing that I would like to interject in this uh, um, duality of consumers and uh, and content creators would be to shift the word content uh, and turn into bullshit. To, no, <laughs> I, I would say I would say to be to be kinder and more accurate as well. Um, mm. I would say um, narrative. Mm. Okay, because and mm-hmm. not not narrative in the strict storytelling sense, but in the sense of uh, truth making. So, for our listeners out there as well, um, uh, post in in postmodernism, there aren't really facts. There are shared beliefs uh, by large uh, right. large parts of population, and if uh, if, if many people share a belief, uh, that is. Well, for all intents and purposes, true in postmodernism. So, um, I think I think narrative in this sense is more accurate than content, so that we can separate it from the purely transactional uh, mm-hmm. types of or well, still content. Uh, so, for example, you you introduced courses in the conversation, and courses are essentially content, but they do have this transactionalist. Um, quality that makes them different from the narrative in in our quotes uh, that we we have been presented. So, um, because all books, you know, fiction, uh, yeah, sure, you know, music, all of this is content. Really, uh, it just uh, it is different because it comes to us packaged in such a way that we can can identify it as a product. While everything else is a moral pull towards um, being uh, like uh, being parts of of the postmodernist machine, so that's <clears throat> that's the one uh, thought that I would like to pose: like a separation between narrative creators and narrative consumers, essentially ascribing mm. um, ascribing. Uh, uh, like seeing oh that's so interesting my my mind is just <laughs> in three four directions yeah i mean we have a we have a we have some time so we like uh, oh, yeah, let, yeah, yeah. Let, let our own minds be blown as well hopefully uh some uh some um uh, listeners as well but but, but so, yeah so okay maybe i can hook into that so i think probably one part what which makes design influencers so I don't want to say problematic, but like, yeah, it blur because so if I buy a book, I buy, I buy knowledge in a way mm-hmm. I might buy it because the marketing is good or the, the name, I mean, Seth Rogen or you no, know, or like whatever, like it's, it's a big name and, 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 you know, I, I want to buy it. Uh, uh, but, but like the problem with the, the design influences or a potential problem is that they don't, the, the line is blurred. So one day, one day it's a carousel, another day it's a vlog, another day it's something else. And, and it's, it's this blur of the lines between selling knowledge, selling a story or a narrative, selling opinions and kind of mm-hmm. selling their life in, in, I mean, in the life in, in quotes, I mean, them sharing their life or whatever. Um, if you want to call that narrative or content, that's, you know, I guess just definition. It doesn't really matter, but like, I think that's where it gets really, I don't know. It's a really blurred line there. And I think it's yeah, all I, kinds I, of weird I, stuff I, going I, on. I, I'm just separating this from, from true content. Like, um, uh, how would you define that? So, so I, again, I well, music, for example, is a very nice, um, very, um, mm. uh, 
very intriguing piece of content, which is not like music tracks is so, Oh, I, I had a, I have a, a great, um, so a, a music, so, like a song, for example, a music track. Uh, I don't know if we're allowed to call them songs anymore. Uh, uh, well, what, did, I, did I miss something? Did a did a oh, no, <laughs> did no, no, a no. walk patrol? We're not allowed to say songs. No, but uh, we have we haven't seen songs for quite a while. We're just seeing music tracks. If, if, mm. if you know what I mean. So, um, so music track might be a piece of content. Um, but, um, but there's also a narrative, uh, like the, there is music press and music influences and that's, that's part of a narrative. So I, I separate content, uh, content is a superset, but it can have legitimate, um, products in there, which are not narrative making and, uh, wouldn't qualify as postmodernism. Uh, pieces so uh, a classical painter might be making content in in that way you know they're painting mm. like da vinci was producing content uh but his content wasn't pushing a specific uh way of reading things uh a moralistic pull towards mm. this or that uh, you might have an opinion and there's lots of um, there's a lot of art uh, that uh, is essentially ideological, and I'm absolutely fine with that. But in pieces like this, you understand um, while well, content is spread through, through, like narrative is spread through uh, more insidious ways, not packaged as as a piece of artwork or cultural work or. Uh, that so that that's that's how I separate. Th- does that make sense? The separation between content, which is easily identifiable as a product, and content, which is creating trends by itself. It's meta content. Mm. So so people telling you you should like Massimo Vignelli is still content, but it's different from a piece of artwork to say, hey, I made this. Right, so the, the the separation between the artwork itself and the proclivity to like it, or the or the opinion, the, the hype, yeah, 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 or yeah. whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah. The, the the hype the the hype is a really uh, really strong uh, a really strong push. Um, we 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 are consistently told what we should like and why what we should uh, think is great or not, and. Uh, things are becoming more and more um, susceptible to 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 change in this situation as well, which is which is you know very confusing. So it is. Um, yeah. So it, it it happens in design as well. Like uh, we can we can we can start focusing this back on on our on our businesses. Um, so as you said, like there's. Uh, this this whole cascade of design influencer um, content in uh, in uh, the social media platforms, uh, which is you know so much different from uh, what we used to have as design heroes. As, as you said, like I I find myself agreeing with this a hundred percent. The question the question is uh, why like. Mm. what is yeah. the main, what is the main well well i have uh 
one or many ideas and let me know if this makes sense or not but like we have gone on before about um what do you say stagnated or corrupt cultures uh and i think west the west unfortunately has uh has sunken deep into the mud here i mean douglas murray talks in length about this and so I, I can interject another concept that I don't want to go too lengthy at, but I've, I haven't actually read the book itself, but I've listened to podcasts about it, which is uh, 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 Francis Fukuyama's The End of History, um, mm-hmm. where, where, he, where he kind of talks about the end of the ideological conflict of, between the Cold War and the fall of the Berlin Wall and the West and liberal democracy and what the kind of post stage after that as the end of end of history where where you know the the narrative of of liberal democracy uh came out triumphant and now we're kind of stuck in this uh you know yeah it it, it's basically a hegelian understanding of and i don't want to go too far too far in in, into this but 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 it's like it's kind of kind of interesting to put that on one side and then interject the douglas murray statement where we're you know so it's not only the end of history, but it's the end of culture. There are no more new cultures, but only a seemingly endless remix of like decades, mm-hmm. like of past decades. You know, right now in fashion, it's like 70s, 80s and 90s are modern at the same time and preferably mixed together to some like Frankenstein's monster of, uh, of, of style. I don't know. Again, that sounds very highbrow of me to say and probably boomer as well. But 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 like yeah, it's this, this endless remix fueled by like a postmodern cultural narrative engine, and and again, what I talked about with, with this by Alexander Barr, the end of capitalism. Like we moved from physical purchases, even though you know you might purchase something physical, the transaction happens online, and 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 that, that's where this kind of algorithms kill the radio star or the or at least the, the capitalist branding or the marketing scheme which used to work, but now we just click skip ad right on on everything so 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 it's like um yeah it's it's so so yeah to go back to sorry to i i digress but like i think it has something to do with the same why we're not seeing any new movies we're only mm-hmm. seeing the soft reboot we're only seeing the rehashing of the old or nostalgia or um yeah it, it, it's it's this uh it's the endless remix of the past because the the west has lost vitality it has lost it's it's, it's lost its sense of of yeah, you know, we deconstructed ourselves into oblivion. We, we just kind of don't want anything anymore. It's just like uh, so. So instead of you know, some some someone like Dieter Rams and his ten design principles, I love them, but they seem hopelessly, you know, unmodern today. You know, uh, or, or just like you know, building things to last. You know, with like you know, now we have. Uh, what do you say? Planned obsolescence. You know, your printer is supposed to break, so you buy a new one. Uh, uh, yeah. So, so, so that's one. I, you know, I, I think we're in a stagnated culture, probably, and I, that's why we don't have design heroes anymore. We have design influencers. I think, I, I think there is there is something in the uh, in the skip ad uh, situation. So, I used to. I used to when I were when I worked in Athens. I I commuted with the underground, and um, I I worked in the um, pretty much most central uh, station um, in uh, in Athens. And mm-hmm. what was happening was uh, right at the 
exit of it, uh, there was always uh, some guy or another with uh, pamphlets for something. Um, sometimes it was um, language school. Sometimes there was a discount at the sports uh, sports uh, clothing store. Like mm-hmm. there's always some time, type of pamphlet or another. And uh, it was really hard to get out of the uh, out of the tube station without, you know, uh, necessarily grabbing a few of these in your hand just to uh, just to make the workers uh, feel uh, a little better. Um, yeah. Because people are actually uh, getting paid based on on how much of these they give out. Um, so um, essentially. I was I was always um, you know I was a designer myself like I could uh, I had opinions about marketing and and branding and uh, how 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 the market works and how to compel audiences and it's like don't these people realize that this just makes me more upset with with uh, their brands essentially like mm-hmm. if you shove a pamphlet in my hand about your um, sports clothes store like i'm never going to come in like i'm i'm actually going to be considering you less um there was there was there was a time where um um, before gdpr where um uh, mobile phone companies uh would uh, call you in the middle of the day just to uh just to sell you uh on switching to them um, right. on a contract and even your own would call you because they were essentially outsourcing these um, this service to to other businesses and they really didn't know if you were uh, if you were a member or not a subscription to their service or not so every year my contract like I had decided that my contract is going to go to the brand that calls me the least. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you don't bust my balls too much, like I will go to you. If you call me in the middle of the night or the middle of the, the day when I'm busy and you want to sell me something, like I will go away from your business as far as possible. Right. You don't only skip ad, you skip company. Yes. <laughs> so so the question the question is, did our obsession with stupid marketing uh, because we're old enough uh, I'm old enough to remember ads in the internet become more and more and more obnoxious until we mm-hmm. just try to get rid of them so is is there a possibility that this is this narrative creating mechanism is just a way for brands to be uh, uh, to counteract our uh, allergy to ads now uh, so we're really, really allergic to ads, and um, the news, uh, the news cycle helps us uh, become less and less, and less mm-hmm. identifiable with companies themselves, like because right. they betray our trust all the time. So, influencing has emerged yes. as as a response to it's sort of the unclickable ad, you know. Is uh, yes, it's the yeah, it's the ultimate betrayal of trust in a way. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like you, you you take someone that people like and you know you sneak it in. It's you know, uh, mm-hmm. not even with lube, you know, they sneak it in. I mean, it's like uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's in, in in influence marketing. I mean, that's happening in design as well. Um, 
yeah uh, uh, and yeah that's happening as well at the same time as like you know the old labor market used to be i I sell my time for money but now you know it's like you create your own platform and grow your own audience that that's kind of uh, you know you know the peasants in quotes here are are mm. selling you their time for money and the new uh so alexander bard calls them the net the, the netocracy uh in, in this kind of post capitalism attentionalist you know the people who master the new networks of information and forms of communication will control everything uh, is kind of the premise it's a book it's called netocracy mm-hmm. uh the new power elite or something like that i want to read it i've only listened to talks and um i'm, I'm yeah I, i have to read up on that but you know basically that's that i think is creating a dystopian cult of personalities which i think is a little bit uh, depressing in a way um but yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not in my optimist mood today. So, um, okay, so everything tends to feel like an episode of black, black mirror, you know, it does. It does. I'm, I'm not really optimistic. I might be a bit, um, passionate about it, but I'm not, definitely not optimistic myself. While I do think there are, uh, there are opportunities for change. If, if we, if we just become really, really good at identifying the problem. So, mm. So what do the, the thing about design influencers compared to um, Kylie Jenner or um, whoever else of the Kardashian mm. family is peddling mm. stuff is the, the fact that there's, there's, there are very few roads to market uh, to, sell, to sell other people's products. Um, so there's only so many Adobe subscriptions or affinity mm. design. Yep. Affiliate links or um, uh, web, Amazon, web Webflow, yeah, uh, Amazon Web Services. Like these are these are the things that these influencers are usually peddling. Mm. Uh, but this is only a small percentage of what is actually being sold, which is personal brands. I think like people are selling themselves. Yes, uh, like crazy and and, and their own product. product. I mean, don't forget. Don't forget their own products, you know, like this is my little design book or my little PDF or my little, I mean, not nothing which, wrong with that. Of which I'm making, I'm making one of my own, uh, just to, uh, just to, to see the hypocrisy in, <laughs> in this situation. Yeah. I mean, again, like this could just be that I'm, that I'm envious, right? I mean, I, I also want to be <laughs> rich and famous, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. uh, but I mean, I, so leaving that aside, this is just a conversation about you know, leaving kind of morals out of it or, or what, how, how to say, but, uh, but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I teach design. I might work on a course, you know, it's like, you know, maybe, you know, I'm, I'm not a design influencer. So, well, you know, mm. uh, because I'm, you know, it's, it's tricky because I mean, uh, of course you can do it right. I mean, we talk about Christo like every episode and I, you know, I, I saw that now he charges, I think it's $2,000 per coaching because I actually saw, I won't mention his name, but another very prominent design influencer for sure on Instagram being coached by Christo. And he put it on his stories, uh, showing that mm-hmm. he proudly purchased the full $2,000 for one hour, one hour coaching one-on-one mm-hmm. with Christo. And, uh, you know, and you know, that's kind of a, a accumulation of God knows uh, 15, 20 years of, you know, uh, hustle and hard work, bringing him there to, to, to one extent. I mean, I, you know, we, I, we talk about him in every, every episode because he's like the most prominent design influencer or whatever you want to call him, uh, out there. He, you know, so, um, 
yeah, sorry, I, I interrupted you there. But. No, 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 you didn't. Um, I do have, like, again, I'm, I'm picking some words here which are uh, really intriguing to me. Like, and so you said envy, which is, which is a good way of of seeing this. Like, I don't believe, I don't believe uh, education um, is necessarily, uh, you know, uh, a postmod or, or um, education or contributing with with some uh some uh idea out there is is necessarily postmodernist um pro, uh, product like um you know before postmodernism we still had people teaching other people stuff sure. and uh and pushing knowledge to to its edge i'm pretty sure uh, Bach and Mozart were really, uh, you know, um, uh, products of, you know, continuing continual cultural education. Essentially, they they would learn music and they would become influencers themselves in such a way, or push the boundaries and teach uh, new ways of making music and all that. So, I do think there is um, there is room and space for um, for this in the in the uh, for education and growth in the um, uh, post postmodernism market as well, um, if if that is a thing to come, can I call it neo romanticist? I don't know. Mm, perhaps mm, perhaps I, I would like I would I would like to see uh, a return to the sublime and mm. beautiful. Um, so so I don't think it's that. I think it's. Envy is something we ascribe to ourselves and the idea that being critical of this situation is a product of envy is it is in itself postmodernist. Mm-hmm. Like the idea that you're if if you if you hate on someone's uh what's the name? Uh grind uh or uh what's the American word for it? Hustle. Hustle, yeah. If you hate on somebody's hustle, you're essentially a hater, right? Loser. You would like to do this for yourself, but um, uh, you're not uh, ready, or you're not uh, mm-hmm. good enough, or whatever. Uh, but and this is the, this is where it becomes very intriguing. Bring and, it on. And you're here. Here is somewhere we might uh, be clashing. So the the very um, libertarian right leaning people uh, will say um, will try to mask their success as a product of hard work. Uh, and and they say, you know what, you just haven't put in, uh, you just haven't put the the sweat in it. Mm. Um, well. Left-leaning people like me, uh, Marxist uh, origin people, might say, "Well, no, it's just kind of capital accumulation. You're just in the right point in the right time, and uh, no matter how hard uh, you work, there's no way to to catch this. There's, there's actually really little um, hard work involved." Not little hard work involved, but hard work is a necessary ingredient. So you find it everywhere. 
but this is not what makes or breaks. Mm. No, I, I, I mean, I would agree with that actually. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, on the Gary V train saying, you know, mm. yeah, and, and anything is possible. Well, it isn't. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I will never play in the NBA. But, I, I'm not too feet Gary tall. I'm v, no, no, no. I, I would, I would say Gary V wouldn't exist if he didn't sell it as something possible for people to follow and aspire to and mm. feel connected to. So this is this is this is why this is, this has a, a huge growth compared to pretty much anything else right now is the the fact that um, you just feel you can do the same thing. It's just not a matter of uh, um, either either nature or nurture. It's a matter of it's a ma- <laughs> it's a matter of uh, work, which is. Well, to me, patently ridiculous. I mean, it, it is because it's like, so again, go, going back to the the view of, so, okay. So Bard, the Marxist Swedish guy, proclaims that attentionalism is the new capitalism. I'm not sure. I probably would argue that attentionalism is just a subset of capitalism because it's operating under the same logic. I mean, the value is set if you can harness, capture, or accumulate attention Mm-hmm. And how and and then so so here here's the problem, and then he he says then if I remember correctly that like how you do that is by delivering the highest quality information or product, wrong, <laughs> because oh, yes. on because yes. on the one end because on the one end you know you have TikTok uh, teenage millionaires girls selling their farts in jars on OnlyFans and becoming mm-hmm. richer than I'll ever be, and and then but on on one hand and then on the other hand you have Christo you have people who who you know clearly you know package up proper knowledge or you know in in a digestible way and sell it as a product and that's absolutely fine it's just this kind of dystopian other part i have a really big problem with i don't know because i if it's not i'm not a girl i'm not a teenager on tiktok it's like i'm just an old boomer who who's just like a bit you know disgruntled about that like you know because you know harnessing and capturing attention takes time and yeah, you know, it's like a second career you have to build on top of your other career. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like uh, this gargantuan task because, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, sometimes you, is, hear, you, are, you, mean, you know, on the internet, there's room for everyone, but like, uh, are there, I mean, isn't there a finite pool of design influencers that can, I mean, can operate on, I mean, there is a material conflict here somewhere, uh, yes. wouldn't for, you for, say, for, dear, dear, dear Marxist friend? Oh yeah, like for me, for me, like it's it's always um, mathematics have always been my friend in this situation. Mm. So um, in the same way, like um, uh, more capitalistic oriented people like to say, uh, you know, I make money, you make money. We're the, this is not a zero sum game, and mm. we're all we're all uh, richer for the experience. But the thing is, like, there's a finite amount of money in the world right now, and any more you, any more, uh, if you take more than uh, than it is uh, um, expected, somebody else loses it and probably it's just someone this someone so invisible is probably shoved in a in a factory in china and you don't really notice that you're Mm. uh, taking the resources from this person but it's uh it's there uh so it's the same for the attention economy like there's seven billion people in the world so there's seven uh, billion uh seconds of attention each uh second essentially yeah uh, so it is 
so when when you grow, that means that another influencer is not growing, and not another con- creator, another person. Another, yeah, that's really interesting uh, situation. Like there's um, people feel that there's an unlimited supply of attention, but. Really, there, there is. is not. There is a finite pool of eyeballs, uh, yes, you know, at, yes. at any one time. I, I agree with that. I'm not sure, and we don't. I don't want to go too far into that. Whether you know, a global economy is, is a is a is a you know zero sum game. Not sure I would agree with that, but like let let's leave that because I think attentionalism is is more interesting. And and there I would agree that it is a zero sum game, because humans and eyeballs doesn't grow the same way our, our economy and money grows. You know, we right. you know it's the, the the parameters are much more fixed, so to speak. <laughs> Because data and humans are the currency in in a different way than the money. So 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 without getting into a, a financial discussion, uh, so, so that that I would uh, definitely agree with that. You know this kind of yeah attentionalist post capitalist uh, is is zero sum, and I would probably sound way too much like a Marxist for some of my other friends. But like yeah, I, I just feel like there's a there's definitely a material conflict in the sense that you know between content consumers and content creators, mm-hmm. and this is happening on top of the kind of existing economy, which is also like another kind of mind mindfuck. Again, like you know if we would have started this podcast ten years ago and we would have grown it in a certain way, it, it probably could have you know generated more money in a month than both of us would make in a year or something like that. I mean, something stupid. Or yeah. or, or if we were just born girls and sell good looking and sold our farts in a well, jar. The, 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 um, here, here, is something, here is something very interesting. So do you think that uh, the success of uh, farts in a glass are uh, based on, on the possibility of demand? Because I don't think so. So for me, expand. What do you mean? Or go, okay. go deeper. So for me, the, so so for me, like um, three years ago, or two years ago, or just six months ago, when farts in a glass were not a thing, um, uh, a beautiful girl could get farts in a glass, and nothing would happen. Like she would get no traction, ah, no okay. respect. Um, it it's not even like so. Um, it, it it's it's not that farts in a glass is the low brow, easy to consume, cheap uh, like um, cheap to consume, easy content that will become viral, even though people recognize it's uh, it's probably very shallow. It's it's not the McDonald's of. Uh, it's not the McDonald's of the attention economy where you say, um, you know, I'm hungry, I'm poor, I just, uh, there's a one pound cheeseburger out there, I'll go in, in the McDonald's and buy it and at least I'll have some calories today. It might be shitty, but it's comforting. It's always the same. Like there is, there is some value in a in a McDonald's burger. Mm-hmm. So uh, even if it's uh, not gourmet uh, type of thing, right? So so so, so there's a there's a hard material caloric value there. Is the yes, kind of yes. what you mean? Uh, and, a, mm-hmm. Yes, and there and there's a soft value as well. Like so some people, mm, okay, yeah, uh, some people like the some people, including me, actually like the taste of McDonald's. <laughs> But is that just something you learned through insidious marketing and branding? Sorry, well, yeah, that's possibly, a different. Possibly, yeah, possibly, of course. Well, I'm, a postmodernist would say so. Uh, but but my my point in this is, uh, McDonald's has a, a low price product, which is definitely shallow from all gastronomic standards, but it's still 
um, it's still a valuable product because they can sell mm -hmm. billions of it. While you know a gourmet chef might make thirty meals a day, and it's more expensive, and and all that. So the point is. Is this the same, like are beautiful girls farting in a jar, a product that is cheap and easy to distribute and shallow and it just makes the rounds because it is easy to consume? Or were this, where was there some selection process that made this specific girl farting in a glass successful while other previously... Uh, farting in glass girls um, weren't able to succeed in this way. Mm. And this is where I'm confused because I do think it's the latter. And this is why I start finding our work as designers irrelevant. It's not the fact that, you know, you said this is, this is your um, uh, non-postmodernism brain at work. You said, uh, you know, there's a beautiful girl uh, farting in a jar and if I were a beautiful girl I might be able to fart in a jar so you try to see a pattern in this you try to see oh you're, you're trying to say if it's a beautiful girl and it gets some people's kinks um, um, satisfied then uh, I would be able to um, I, I would I would be able to do the same I don't think it's a satisfaction of these um, uh, needs in the market that created the success of this story. So what is it? I think I think it's the market telling us we should like it. So I think she oh, was okay. A, so I think she was a Twitch streamer before. So I'll, I'll give you an example. Right? Uh, do you do you know that Jack Black made a gaming uh, a, a gaming YouTube channel? And no, in on YouTube. No. So a few years ago, Jack Black made a um, a gaming YouTube channel mm -hmm. on YouTube. He instantly got several million followers in two or three days mm -hmm. just by announcing it, and I was one of them. And uh, the first day, um, he wasn't doing any like he wasn't doing any gaming. He was in the set of Jumanji. And the second day, he wasn't doing any gaming. He was just walking around with his kids. And the third, but the people kept watching this and kept mm. going into it. And there was like, why the hell am I watching? Um, uh, uh, I'm subscribed to a video gaming channel because it's uh, the, the, so the, you name thought. Of, the name of the channel was Jack Black plays video games. Well, so, it's like uh, you know the medium is the message, right? I mean, it's like yes. why why the huge YouTubers can right. do it's, do it's, videos it's, like something happened dot dot well, dot, and it will get millions of views. But it's you know, but the, but that's that's again that's our pattern, our sense making pattern, discerning mm -hmm. brains who try to ascribe meaning to something. My my point is, Jack Black would make great money selling farts in a jar. Yes. You don't, it's it's not. Or, or, or uh, okay, yeah, or maybe. Uh, or, I mean, you mean literally, or or you something else, kind of on 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 that. No, no, manner, no. I mean, or... I mean literally. Like the thing is, mm -hmm. is not. So, okay. so you're trying to say. So you're trying to say there is, um, there is some kink value or some cultural value that people get out of this, while it may be shallow or cheap or whatever. 
like jackass uh, would probably like for a different reason they might be successful but, but what I, why why I'm what I'm saying is like um, the market will decide that we should like something first and then it sells to us and then it shames mm. it shames us for not liking it and then we go on forward okay okay well uh, okay let me mm. so i would probably argue that you know what is it two thirds of the internet you know is porn and that's not because um anyone told us to do it that is just your human biology you know um or male biology maybe you know on uh, adrenaline rush of the internet, you know, made mm-hmm. it, it's, it's craziness made, po- made possible by information technology. The same is the rise of OnlyFans, and you know, it's which is essentially a kind of you know porn gateway platform without without you know specific mm-hmm. you know the you know again uh, as a, as a, yeah a li- uh, you can you can say libido satisfying libido satisfying yes yes very very good uh, libido satisfying platform with the class divide on a gender segregated level of you know lonely working class men who have not benefited from many things in a society uh, of you know uh, you know the, I don't want to go too far down that there are rabbit hole but you know the majority of of university degrees are taken by women today and maybe that's good or whatever mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm i'm just you know without any value attached to that just that's the fact kind of and a lot of men are falling behind overall you know if you if you do the kind of gender segregated class divide so a lot of low wage working class men are paying uh women from across the world uh you know for, for only fans you know and 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 that is human biology you know running rampant through information technology i don't think there's a you know and that's just kind of a if that's a happenstance or if that's going to happen with every medium i mean i don't know if emerging technologies like vr will probably end up there in some way or another that's that's just probably how we're how we're built that's just evolution for you um so so that's what i probably think there that you know jack black could sell farts in a jar but but he would probably be more successful of selling something else you know like him doing nothing or, or whatever because you know medium is the message he's a celebrity but, but whilst whilst the, the specific kind of kink related you know body gas body fluid you know girls are selling bath water they're selling panties and you know they're operate you know which, which is like if if you I, you know again without, no, no, moral, I, I, I without moral judgment i would maybe maybe i would do the same if, if i were in in and you know they're operating on under a kind of market supply demand logic uh you know i don't know how many they're selling i just know they're selling enough to make more than i do in a, a year in a month probably and and even if they're selling them you know what do you say high ticket items you know one panty for a thousand dollars i i don't know i i would i would guess so that would be my hypothesis without having done the research um so that's probably what i so, so you i mean your question was kind of originally like is this uh yeah i i would just probably argue that it's human it's, biology going rampant on information technology so, so so you're still seeing supply and demand in this while i, I, I do i do i think so for for me it has started dawning that this is uh, and th- this is where shaming comes back to the cycle so um i have been a star wars fan for uh, too long now. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the too long is is uh, something that weighs. Uh, Did it become too long now with the new trilogy? I mean, is that correct. the 
precisely yeah so so basically the cycle and i see this in the cultural market a lot as well so the cycle is oh you're gonna um hey hey audience you're gonna love this thing that we're rehashing for you you're Mm. it's gonna be amazing like the the hype the hype press has been booming compared to what it what it used to be like you used to just watch a trailer and get excited about and yeah forget about the movie and then same thing again three months until until the movie's release and you know probably some press the week before something but Mm. now it's just everything is everything is hyping um and uh it tells you uh, people are quick to give you all the moral reasons that you should support the new cultural product they're making so you know the all-female ghostbusters is um right the uh, the woke morals yes yes um or or not like i i don't i didn't find a reason to to judge the direction of the morals in this situation but there's probably uh you know one for every audience but the thing is, so the, the machine um, hypes the product first, uh, releases the product, and then shames you for not agreeing with the original mm. uh, with the original hype train. So um, you see that after, you will see this after every movie release. Yeah. Uh, and if you, if you go on a, a popular um, cultural review uh, blog like io9 or Gizmodo or Lifehacker or mm-hmm. whatever um, they are about, before every major release, especially of Disney films, um, but also Sony and other, other big uh, companies, you'll see. Uh, you will see the cycle. Um, everybody should like our movie. Here's our movie. And then um, everybody who doesn't like our movie should be ashamed. Mm. You're like, you probably didn't like Star Wars because you're a bigot or you probably yes. didn't. Uh, so, so this, this creates, um, this creates uh, a type of, a type of approach that actually um circumvent supply and demand so i think that through hype or or uh or the shame hype, hype hype and shaming both. hype plus shame okay mm. okay so in in this situation is uh the internet tells you that um this uh this uh farting in a jar um, um trend is is becoming is growing and then you're a boomer if you don't understand farting in a jar and it's a perfectly respectable uh, thing to be doing so if this reinforces this reinforces this without the necessary like the, there is obviously some some semblance of uh, real value transaction here but i would say like uh, it doesn't have to be like um it, it can uh, it just can just generate need and demand for itself and then and then portray it as, as self-proven that people, mm. that there is a demand for it. So right. the internet first creates thoughts in a jar and then then makes Billy think that there's a very very understandable pattern behind. Uh, behind the, high, the 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 actual reaction people get, you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. See, I, I 
do think it gets a bit convoluted, maybe because mm. it's a stupid example, the farting. And I mean, it's so okay, extreme, okay, and it's okay, and so, yeah. so 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 you you might uh, okay. Lose let's some, let, let's but, let's go for design. So neuro new uh, mm-hmm. new morphism, right? So mm-hmm. the, the the glass the glass uh, the glass like appearance and I mean that's the new that's the that's the glass morphism. If you haven't heard, it's, it's actually it's, so we have new morph, morphism first, which was kind of you know this kind Ceramic. of soft three D. Yeah, yes. yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Sorry. So so okay so the um, the hype train tells you that new morphism is where the shit is at. It's all that. And then you're um, you're probably uh, a bad designer if if you don't like it and you're just a boomer or hmm. or whatever. And and this doesn't have to do at all with with solving our problems and there is really right. no no nope. demand. So. Um, but isn't the mind fuck here though? So like within that context, so before in the boomer world, you used to go to college or do something and aspire as a career as a designer to, to make things either, you know, as a freelancer for a company or as a hired on a company or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, you create a design agency or you work at an agency where, where there's some form of, you know, market logic of supply and demand, you provide a service and, you know, you get paid and shake hands mm-hmm. and the economy grows or whatever. But now it's like uh, if if we in in post capitalism in attentionalism you could potentially get the design education skip working and go straight to you know posting about glass morphism on Instagram and if you're in it you know if your hustle is true long enough or, and you do it you know enough you might as mm-hmm. you know you might end up on Patreon numbers or, or or sponsorship deals or influencer marketing deals which would earn you far more than providing the value design was before, or I mean, this kind of, you know, classic market logic design or whatever you want to call it. That's what I think is a, is a bit of a mind fuck. And, and, and you know, or, or do you agree with that? Or? Well, I, I kind of do, but this is, this is not my point. My point is, my point is we, so especially people like us, which are service providers, essentially, um, so we're trying, we're, we're trying to see, uh, we're trying to help our clients, um, you know, build better businesses. Okay. Yeah, solving so, a problem. Uh, solving a problem. But the thing is like, we pretend, so we pretend to know how to solve a problem because, um, we have a certain way of thinking. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll make it simpler. So a client comes to me, they, they're, um they're uh they want to sell uh, um hot sauce okay so i i am trying to find the best way for them to sell hot sauce so in the market i'm presented um like through my design education and through my uh, f- through my media diet i'm presented on with ways uh, with successful products that and successful strategies that made, um, you, you know, that were critical to products, a uh, previous products uh, success in the market. So, uh, you know, hot sauce, um, this big brand hot sauce was, was great because it did X, Y, Z. So we can, uh, we, we don't copy directly, but we can, we can apply the same type of thinking and we can do X, Y, Z. 
So we're we're trained in such a way to think that um, glass morphism UI got uh, got this brand really successful uh, because the, the the studio behind it got an award or something. Um, so we are tricked into believing that there's an actual problem being solved there, while there might not be in us making glass morphism, um, uh, or even the next glass morphism, like us pushing, pushing, feeling that we're pushing the boundaries and creating the even better improved, um, uh, pottery morphism, um, is, is going to push us forward to to stardom but it's not does that make sense yes it does i mean so so you know um info oh sorry the glass morphism is the sticker we slap on saying hey this did the job or or you know yes, whilst, yes whilst behind the scenes maybe it was the influencer marketing <laughs> that did the job exactly uh, so you know. it, it, it also comes it, it also it comes to the product itself but it also comes to the um to the to the design uh design frameworks and design thinking and the design strategies behind mm. so so for some reason if 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 there was um if there was a a fixed numerical value for how much uh current or uh necessary or uh appealing something is so we can say glass morphism is now 90 percent so it's just so it's it's very on trend at the moment right mm. uh or very um very clear and clean and aesthetically pleasing like all the um, all, all the objective things that we try to do with our design and we find if if uh if a person in in ghana makes a better uh, visual language than glass morphism but that would be that would be better from the kind of you know boomer logic right but yes like boomer logic or well pre like even before that like uh romantic perspective essentially. yeah this is pre-attentionalism um Yes, so there's there's actually no way for uh, a young person in Ghana to make the new. And here we uh, harken back to the design proletariat, right? I mean, or or a well, certain yeah, aspects of it. I, yes, a certain aspects of it. Essentially, what I mean is a person who is outside the center of decisions for what is on trend today is physically unable to make this change in the world, no matter how the work looks. While a rubbish, but like Jack Black, if he designed, if he decided to go into UX design today, <laughs> um, whatever I can see the YouTube he, channel already. Uh, whatever crap he would make would be the new sliced bread for, or or at least generate a substantial amount of revenue for him. I mean, whatever kind no, of no, no, would, no, 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 no. I, I don't. I, uh, well, that you might ascribe to his own marketing is just he's a goofy guy doing goofy things. No, that's not what I mean. I mean, like, if if the opinion makers, the, the influencers decide that Jack Black is the way to go, mm. then Jack Black is going yeah. to be the way to go. Even yeah, it's the, the, it's the Emperor's new clothes, right? Yeah. The Emperor's new design. Yeah, in, in a way, yes. 
Um, so the question, the question is, why? Is there any, <laughs> no, is there any worth in trying to be great at design to be the great mm. designer in Ghana while um, while um, it will be irrelevant both to our own careers and to our client successes as well? Because because really, if I if I want to be successful, if I want my client to be successful. I really need to uh, just become a prostitute of the system and just uh, try to make myself credible and valuable. And this will uh, imbue value to their product. Yeah, you get it. You get a nice sticker you can slap on. Um, mm. Mm. Yeah, unfortunately, I think there's a great deal of truth to that. The, the question is also when when will companies then if, if if that is you know 100% true in all cases i don't know but like for some companies it might be and then the question is when will they see through that they don't need design anymore and just go straight to the influencer marketing mm. i mean just replace us with influencer marketers it's the question um do spawn you know instead of having a design team they have an influencing team yeah because back in the day back in the day it was the other way around like you would have a crappy product and you would have all these expert specialists with with highly highly uh, uh precise um tools um uh, skill sets that would uh, would be able to say okay i have this uh, crappy thing to sell but i'll hire an excellent copywriter and an excellent marketer mm. and an excellent designer and we're gonna put this turd into a very shiny box and hope for the best but now it's the other way around. Like um, uh, it's it's not it, it it's not all of this is not adding um, skill. It's just adding clout. So I, I will get this highly influential copywriter and this highly influential um, packaging designer, and we'll we will add cumulatively. Mm influence um uh to to sell this turn to to more people but essentially it's it's not about even the skill of of people that produce cloud for other people because that's that's what designers do as well we produce cloud for our clients like we we put their things in a nice packaging or put a nice logo on it or or change its shape to be more desirable but not even that anymore it's just a matter of adding cloud so um Right, so it's not what what you do; it's who does it. Or I mean, yes. so that designers yeah. are a marketing ploy mm. in themselves, rather than you know providing any. Mm. How do you feel about this idea? <sighs> I feel bad. Or no, no, I mean, I mean like, is this is yeah? I mean, it's it's, vi- it's viable in a sense, of course. I mean, with the kind of you know the the what would you call it? The kind of the awards industry of the design industry. I mean, the you know the the shiny award and the, and the, and the competitions and the, and the, this and that, which has been around for, you know, probably as long as the industry itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that all probably always served some form of, you know, function within, uh, I, I just don't know what it all means today when, when it's like, yeah, when, when everything is this way, <laughs> when everything is attentionalism. Um, so, so the question, the question is like, if this is, if this is really true. So, first of all, if it isn't, 
we need uh, great news. Uh, mm-hmm. We need to. Uh, we need to celebrate. We need to celebrate metaphysical champagne. We, we, if this isn't true, we need to find why it isn't, and uh, you know, cherish very much and protect and kindle the flame that keeps our design skills and education and aspirations relevant. Uh, so it's not futile, and we, we do actually have a purpose in the world. But if it is true, the question is: is then our um, moral incentive to be um, dancing at this tune uh, because it better serves our clients or just be detached um, uh, uh, intellectuals uh, spit out of the system Mm -hmm. thinking oh you know what I know typography and I will do my best and I have to I have to to value my my time and skill and charge you like this much even though it's not going to make much of a difference because people can pay the same money to uh, Kim K and push uh, push uh, your uh, product uh, 10 10 times more so yeah it's like do you you go idealistic or do you go Machiavellian in a way uh, is kind of what I struggle with uh, on, a, on a weekly basis at least um, and I don't know you you tell us you're out there you yeah, comment yeah, and share definitely. your thoughts um, yes. what do you think this, uh, for, for, for people who, who listen to this conversation your opinion would be highly valued in this <sighs> I don't know like this is this is where I'm I'm being very confused and I think I think uh, uh, it it all has to do with uh, whether postmodernism is here is here to stay, or there's some way out of it, and embracing embracing more romantic ideas uh, again, because then you know uh, accomplishment and competence and skill and education and all that are going to be back in our back in our lives. Yeah, then then those concepts become true again. They're not just a narrative. Mm. They're not just a story that we, a bedtime story we tell ourselves because everything is just a cynical power struggle over finite amount of resources. Um, and again, we, I, I do agree that attention is a finite resource, but I, I'm, I'm not necessarily true, uh, sure money is, but uh, that's another discussion. Um, yeah, I don't know. Utopian or Machiavellian, it's it's hard. Or maybe that's too binary. I don't know if there's some... Because the, the mindfuck is also that all these things exist at the same time. I mean, we have yes. the classic yeah. kind of capitalist market economy that is just going on. I you know I have my day job, you have your day day job. Um, if, any, if any one of us becomes a design influencer on the side, time will tell, who knows? Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I'll happily have another discussion then. And we can, we can revisit the envy part. Um, but yeah, that's, that's one thing I wanted to revisit. I think, and again, being very kind of honest here, like that this whole design influencing and attentionalism is kind of creating an alienation. I mean, the Marxist concept of alien, it's kind of alienating me from, it's making me less motivated to do normal work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that is, you know, putting you in kind of a bad spiral because, you know, it's also cynical and hopeless i mean what what you know someone makes in a month what i make in a year or, or and god knows you know what made they make in a year i make in a century or whatever and it, you know okay that's only looking at it from a monetary uh, even even in in a monetary perspective this is this is why where my my perspective i mean we work for money right i mean it's like 
Yes, kind of. Yes, but this is this is where my perspective can, uh, you know, be of some comfort to you is the fact that, in my point of view, there's no correlation between what you do and your success. And and you might say, how how does this make my my life easier? <laughs> I'm saying I'm saying that dropping everything and becoming an influencer won't necessarily mean. Uh, that you will find the success that other people do. I think it's a, yeah. A I mean, I guess yeah. I mean, I guess that 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 goes into de- defining success, defining happiness, defining no, no, no. I, 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 just just even removing all that. You know, I don't, I don't think influencer success is. Oh, here, here's a nice language uh, to to put it in. I don't think influencer success is uh, is. Uh, uh, related to influencing skill. Mm-hmm. Tell me more. So I think I think it's the market that ascribes this value to other. It's not. It's it's not that you're convincing. Uh, influencers are not great at selling. Uh, they're not uh, using the right words or uh, having the right face or um, smiling the right way or picking the right product or. Um, they're not, it's not that they're good in influencing. It's the market that decides that they will be good at influencing and you should be ashamed if you don't find them compelling. Mm-hmm. So it's okay. So if I, if I don't like glass morphism, it's because I'm, I'm stupid or un- uneducated or, I mean, or more like Precise. if I don't like the TikTok dance, you know, it's because yes, I'm a stupid yes. old white if, man. If, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't join the TikTok trend uh, on design influencing, for example, you're, you're an outcast, you're a hater, you're a boomer that... Uh, you're envious. Yeah, you're envious. So, so you haven't my, hustled my, hard my, enough. My point, my point here is, even if you do, um, effort put into influencing is not going to yield results necessarily. Like, um, because, because, uh, and I mean, uh, results in what? Or so two, uh, two different, two different people doing this the exact same influence, influencing moves mm-hmm. uh, a year apart or three months apart can be very different in, in terms of outcome. Sure, in outcome, yes. So, in engagement yeah. numbers and yeah, okay, yeah. yeah again, so True. beautiful, yeah. beautiful. So it's it's not that okay. If if I had it, I, if I were a pretty girl and I had a time machine and went to the point where the the other pretty girls started putting farts in jars, I wouldn't necessarily make it. How, how about yeah. something less? Um, <laughs> how about a dance, a TikTok dance? I mean, no, no, no. Uh, that's what plan. I mean. Like, TikTok, oh, okay, that's TikTok what you mean. That's dance, the fart in the jar. TikTok dance, TED Talk, um, um, video game, YouTube channel. Like it doesn't matter. The, the 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 thing itself doesn't matter, and the person itself doesn't matter. Mm. It's just it's the the decision of the market to just hedge the bet. Okay, let me see. Let me see if I follow along here. So, like the the reason why PewDiePie is Successful is not because he's entertaining. It's because people are are, are taught or, or otherwise shamed to find it entertaining, even though it isn't. Or is that mm. the premise? No. Yes. yes. Because maybe maybe I mean sometimes I think you're probably right. Some but like again I think a lot of why 
where where this madness right now is because of human biology on overdrive. I mean, it's like there there there's like there we 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 weren't built for this. I mean, or not yet at least. I mean, it's like we have all these ancient predis predispositions, like you know, uh, related to body fluids or body gases or whatever. That when when combined with um, you know you know information technology and platforms this certain very strange patterns occur uh so to say well i don't that that's 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 what i mean yeah i i think that this is generally a matter of accumulating capital and fluctuating capital in, in different ways so yeah i don't i i there are there are some there is some a uh, vestigial remnant of romanticism in our in our society. So I don't want to say that um, uh, n- nobody deserves their influencing success. And I, I don't follow PewDiePie, so I don't really have an, uh, an opinion on his content. Um, so I don't want to judge that. Uh, but I do think that the strictly like the, the more we go towards postmodernism, the less important it will be uh, the, the quality of influencing is going to be in, uh, in, in determining success. Mm. I mean, very, very well might be. I, I think there's, there's something in here as well in the, you know, how early you were because some people who weren't, you know, cause how, how did PewDiePie got, got famous? You know, he's, he was screaming while he was playing computer games. I mean, he was screaming in a somewhat entertaining way, or at least, you know, a lot of fair, fair amount of people found it entertaining and which created a feedback loop of attracting more people who, who, who found a proclivity right. to that right. sort of thing. And, and, you know, bloggers and people who are early adopters in this, you know, hence the, you know, people who've been doing this for 10 years or are now reaping the benefits simply because they were early, you know, I mean, I, I guess in the, in the same way in the, in the, in the industrial era, I mean, if you were the first with a pencil factory, maybe you didn't make the best pencil, but you know, your brand, you know, you, you were just first, first yes. you know, the first to market advantage in, yes, in, a, in a way. And you can, and you can slow, the thing is that you can slowly start buying the other pencil makers out and yes. uh, get their products for yourself. Even then, though they might objectively have bad, made better quality pencils, you can, yes. Mm? Yes. So, so the question, the question here is in this situation, in this situation is like, should we feel uh, that uh, you know, uh, that depression in, in that sense, because I, I would say that if I became an influencer today, if I, if I put all my effort in it, I wouldn't make 10 times more money than I do now. And it's not because of skill. It's not no, because that I definitely agree with difficulty to identify what is viral and what is not. It's, it has more to do with being a way or uh, a way closer away from the decision-making process. That's what I'm saying. Like, can, can, a, can a, uh, um, a designer in Ghana make the glass full morphism too, essentially? Mm-hmm. And I, I'd say this is absolutely impossible. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It, it has nothing to do. Well, so if PewDiePie was in Ghana, he wouldn't make it. No, no, yeah, that's that's the sad truth. Probably that, uh, yeah, that or, or could be. I mean, we we'd have to run an A B test and go back in time and do put another one. Who you know? Well, he might do the same he thing. Might. He, he might. Uh, yes. So, so 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 to be 
to be honest, like there's still there's still moving content, but that's that's a, a, a romantic remnant uh, in our society that teens uh, tends to be um, tends to be eliminated as we go. Like the the amount of uh, admiration we have for good good content or good work or good moving. Uh, narratives uh, has shifted as well so we're it's becoming less and less as we go so um, if if pewdiepie is is uh masterful um uh in in making his work viral and it's it's this uh, it's this skill that he's selling then it eventually will if if things go as as they keep going like if the trend continues like he will he will become less influential as it goes i guess only time will tell maybe yes yes so well i wish i wish there was um there was um uh, an experiment that could show that you know it's just uh, i mean i i think one one that's a that's a big if you know if We're saying, like, do we put value in in somebody somebody's craft, or is it just a trend? Uh, so, yeah, I, 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 yeah, it's it's. I mean, with the PewDiePie, it's like you know this kind of weird, you know, what do you say? <sighs> Entertainment space. Well, whilst whilst the sign the sign influence. I mean, because like you know, <laughs> what is the sign and what what is taught and what is promoted? I mean, it's like. Mm. It's, you know, kind of going back to the design influencing part. It's uh, that's where it gets really, really jumbled up for me. But you know, I follow a few, and they, you know, often kind of because they also kind of often have the Gary V kind of. You know, I I started this, but 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 then the question is, if if I would have started ten years ago, would it have been the same outcome? We don't know. I mean, because because how much is kind of um, not nature nurture, but how, how much is charisma and how much is, I don't know, happenstance and luck. I don't know. Mm. And I mean, th- those things are, are real. I mean, we're, you know, one, one or two variables in this, this kind of equation, but yeah, they often promote this kind of, you know, hustle mindset. Yeah. So the, the question is, yeah, we don't know, but what, uh, like, um, if you would like to share, what does your gut tell you? You know, could I have been a design influencer 10 years ago if I, I mean, maybe, I mean, uh, maybe, I mean, I, I, I can, I mean, I wasn't that type of designer 10 years ago. I was doing other things. I mean, clothes and other, other things, but like, yeah, you know, potentially I, I probably, I mean, it's not like I, uh, he's doing something or he, they are doing something technically that, you know, I wouldn't be possible for me to do. So, so I, uh, probably. Well, what do you think? I think I wouldn't. I think mm. I wouldn't. Because? Because I I think that this is uh this is a matter of um happens. It's a rigged game or no, okay. I, uh, I, I don't don't want to say it's a rigged game, but it is it is a, uh, a more uh random game than we, right. we like to think. So you so you would say the chance think, of doing it yes, I, is I think, small. I, I think I think there were um, when Gary V started, there were about 10 Gary V's with the same, with the same determination, the same starting skills, the same experiences, mm. um, you know, this, the same ingredients that would make them bake under pressure and work and to, um, 
So like hard work in, in these situations for me is like the oven, you know, you get put in the oven, but there's uh, lots that goes into the ingredients, which is, uh, which is different stuff. So what I say is essentially there might be even 10 Gary V's with the same ingredients put in the same oven and they wouldn't come out in the same way. No, that I would uh, absolutely agree. But, but then I guess the question is, and that's, probably another episode but like what is the defining ingredient what what is the difference that makes the difference i mean well combined with luck and these other things i mean if, if there is such a thing what is that i have i have three words uh-huh accumulation of capital all right okay uh, so seed uh, money seed money mm. buys your persistence right mm. so actually having money and being rich uh, can help you overcome the odds mm. because you can stay in the game longer yeah yeah. I mean, money tends to make money. That's the, yeah, that's, um, and yeah. And then, then, you know, uh, if you accumulate capital and then you accumulate attention as well, that creates even more capital, I guess, in this logic. I think, I think the best poker player in the world, um, couldn't go against someone with 1000 times the, the money and on, on the table, you know, uh, mm. Even if even if you're amazing, like the sheer amount of money that you can put into winning uh, will help you buy the other guy out. Right. So if like Jeff Bezos would uh, have an heir, which was a monkey, and he would yes. become a poker yes. player and uh, go up against the world's best, the monkey would win. Yes. Mm. I'm pretty oh. sure. Like mm-hmm. um, I've that's, seen that, that's, a, that's a YouTube video I'd watch. I've seen fish playing Pokemon. So, uh, <laughs> have you? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's like you know, it's with the same with the kind of SATs and and different you know high you know different university tests. You know, if you if there you know if there's this kind of three three um, question three answer question. Or I mean, that is three different answers. If you do you know three on all of them, you you do better yeah. than certain um, other really people who actually tried yeah um so we've, we've been going for a while now and uh, it's really i mean this is a this is a deep dark moist yeah. rabbit hole uh but if we do we want to conclude we're like where do we think design influencing is going or any any type of um uh what do you say foresight into what do you think i well it, it all depends uh for me it all depends on on global trends so I don't see design influencing um, being very different from any other kind of influencing. It will go down the same way or not. Um, so I just think what needs, like for me, the moral, the moral of this conversation now is uh, what do we do for our clients? Do we do we prostitute ourselves to that machine, or do we? Uh, do we keep uh, owning our skills and uh, perfecting ourselves? And to this, I have no have no answer yet. Uh, to so, be confirmed, or to be continued. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I I, uh, 
I follow a few design influencers because I'm just in, in, interested in this. Uh, it's, I can't help it. I mean, I don't know if I'm torturing myself or whatever, but, but it's, I mean, it's interesting and that makes me being able to have this conversation. So, um, I mean, I'm, I'm seeing them, like you say, they're not going anywhere. They're becoming more like vloggers or, you know, like the, your, your, your average kind of, you know, so it seems to follow the same logic. It's less design tips and more, I mean, less kind of, how to do things in software tips and more kind of, this is my life. This is a day at the office. This is a, a life of a UX designer working from home, you know, that, that kind of thing. So it seems to follow the same logic as the, as the regular, what do you say? Non, non-design, the regular influencing. Uh, so it's interesting to see what's, what's going to happen if it's <laughs> maybe they started as design influencer and, and then they're just influencers. Eventually, you know, the medium is the message. You are the product. And then the, mm-hmm. instead of best Adobe XD tips 2022, the video in two years is something happened, dot, 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 because, you know, they are the product. They're not selling design anymore. Uh, maybe time will tell. Okay. So, well, um, I think I think every other podcast uh, so far has been more um, more optimistic than than this one. But, uh, <laughs> what can we do, guys? It's yeah, sorry for the gloom and doom. So um, yeah, we'll keep rubbing our, our minds into this question until until we we find something. So thank you, everyone, for listening. It has been wonderful uh, having uh, our conversations back, Billy. I'm I'm so grateful for that. Likewise. Um, we wish everyone a very prosperous 2022 uh, and healthy and yeah see you in the next one take care bye